0: Let's do it, part two. Amen. I started. Uh, I was Pastor Gus asked me to preach New Year's Eve. Amen. I appreciate him giving me the opportunity. And then Pastor Edwin said I could uh, ask me to preach the first Sunday of the year. And um, I counted an honor and a privilege to be behind this desk. Amen. Um, so I thank Pastor Edwin the leadership here. Um, I'm gonna just give you a quick overview. If you wasn't here New Year's Eve. I start off with James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25, amen? Um, I thought it was the most fitting scripture that we can think of that, you know, came to my mind as far as just doing it is concerned. Um, So we're going to read it. You don't got to stand. We're going to read another scripture, which we're going to stand for a little while, amen? But James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25 says this, amen? It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And we spoke about that and... Talk about how people deceive themselves just by being heroes of the word. And please get the CD. You ask Brother John, get the CD for New Year's Eve. Just do it, part one. And um, we talked about Mary's words to the servants in John chapter 2. And, and what I said New Year's Eve, and I'll say it again, that if you want 2013 to be the blessed year of your life, I didn't say best. I said, the blessed year of your life. Then listen to the words of Jesus' mother, Mary. Amen? And in John chapter 2, there's, these, there's a couple at a wedding that have a problem. Amen? And Jesus comes to his mother and explains, These people have a problem. Can we please help them with this problem? Jesus, in my, when I read the scriptures, he's getting a little bit disrespectful with his mother. Right? He says, Woman... Why do you bring this to me? My time is not yet, you know. And so I told the earlier congregation that if I would talk to my mother like that, i get slapped in the mouth. Amen? In my culture, you don't call your mother woman. Amen? And so, but for whatever reason, and that's not my point today, she responds to the servants. And she says this. Amen? In John chapter 2, verse 5. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever. He, and, and I went on to share how, how if we can just get this in our spirits, that if God would, would, by the power of the Holy Spirit, lodge this word in our hearts, that we would stop making excuses, that we would stop justifying, that we would stop rationalizing, that we would stop agreeing with Satan in the world and our flesh, and we would just do what God has called us to do, then we would experience what they experienced in John chapter 2. Miracle working power would flow into our lives and through our lives, and we would be a blessing to those around us and those afar. But, but unfortunately, I share this, Galatians chapter 5, 16, that we have a, a war that goes on. That the flesh is war against the spirit, and the spirit is warring is war against the flesh, and they're at war, and they're going to be at war till we go home or Christ returns. And it doesn't matter how long you've been saved, doesn't matter what title, how, long you, how, how good you can communicate, how good you can sing, if you can play an instrument, that we have a, the flesh, and, and it's part of the curse of Genesis chapter 3. And if you're in recovery, that's what Christians call the disease. Alright? So let me just equip you for a moment. If anyone ever tells you that there is no disease, that that's just a, a, that's a justification for sin, and it's just sin, and they don't understand, you've got to bring them to Galatians chapter 5. Amen? That, that, the, the people in recovery call it the disease, but the church calls it flesh. Alright? And so that's a quick uh, uh, Bible study for this church, because we need to know that. Amen? So now... He tells. She tells the servants, and here's something that I thought about, and, and his mother was speaking to the servants, all right, there's a specific relationship about a servant here, and his mother said to the servants, and, and what I've come to understand is that many people come to church, and we talked about many people not coming to Christ, right, and, and there's many people in the church that are even in Christ, but they're not his servants, And so I would ask you to evaluate where you are spiritually, where you are as far as obedience is concerned, where you are as far as relationship is concerned, in the infancy, childhood, adult, parenting phases of your spiritual growth and maturity in Christ. To what level have you yielded your life? Can he call you servant? Can he call you friend in another scripture? And... She tells his servants, do whatever he tells you. And, that, and that's the secret. That, that's the secret to the Christian life. Just obedience, there's nothing greater, there's nothing more important than obedience. You know, even when they tried to sacrifice some stuff, they said, even obedience is greater and better than sacrifice. You know, Jesus told his people, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do what I ask you to do. You know? And so it's important to understand that that obedience is very important. Just doing it. When I was in jail, they said, "Listen, don't sing it, bring it." You know, you feeling froggy? Leap. Anybody remember those? Huh? And so, so it, this is the you know, Nike's way and Pastor Gus's way and you know, being creative of saying, "Listen, we need to be not just hearers of the word and deceive ourselves. We need to be doers." That, that it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you, what you say with your mouth. What matters is what you do. You know, nobody can, you know, if you're in a relationship, it doesn't matter how many times they tell you I love you. It's how many times they show you I love you. Pastor doesn't preach from here that love is not love till you give it away. And faith is not faith till you live it out. And so we need pe- we need to be many people who are doing and living out God's word. Amen. And so it's important that you get this. And we also know, as leaders, that just to tell you to do it, it's shallow. Just do it. Just come on. Just stop it and do it. Just be a man. Listen, we understand that there's a process of spiritual maturity. There's a process of sanctification. There's a process of renewing the mind that, that, that an infant in the Lord. And listen, don't get mad if you're an infant in the Lord. Accept it and embrace it so you can move on towards maturity. And if you've been out of lesson in the Lord for too long, okay, just maybe you're not. And listen, the devil, and I said this on New Year's Eve, the devil loves convincing us that we're someplace spiritual, that we're not. Because the devil knows that, that, if, that if he can convince you that you're someplace you're really not, he knows you're never going to get there. Because you think you're already there. And so, in this whole process of just doing it, uh, I taught... <coughs> Galatians chapter 5, uh, we talked about the other scripture. you know, many, Lord, Lord, many shall "Tell to me, Lord, Lord, on that day, and we, t- we talked about Lord, Lord, being people who are excited about God, you know, the, the Lord, Lord is there for someone who is excited, you know, who is not just wishy-washy, who seems on outward to be on fire, but inside they lack relationship. And so, Get the CD is a, a pretty good CD, not because I, I shared it, but because, you know, it's just a pretty good talk, Amen. So now, and then, when I woke up, because I was, you know, sometimes you preach and Holy Spirit takes over, and you wake up, right, and you realize that everybody's telling you to be quiet. Your time has been up ten minutes ago, and you just think you want to know that you got to have another half an hour in you, amen. But there's a saying, all right, that the people are, can only receive what their tushies can endure, amen. So, and so, some people were. All right. That's nice. That was pretty, pretty compassionate of me. Amen. All right. So anyway, so now I was reading Hebrews chapter 11 and Hebrews chapter 11 is a a long reading. But I I want you to, I just want to read it to you. Just reading the because one of the, one of the points I made before I close is that where does this faith come from? Because faith is the foundation to obedience. Listen, we know, right? We know, I know, Pastor, people who are mature knows that, people really, that that you can tell what people really, really believe by how they behave. People who have who, people been around a while, people who the Lord is doing some work in their life, people, people we understand that Christians are like, are like bags of tea. Right? Christians are like bags of tea. You really don't know what's inside of them until you put them in hot water. Right? And so when we're, when, we put, when we're in putting hot water and we're put in trials and tribulations, we get to see the real you is going to stand up. And the church clothes come off and the facades come off and whatever is really inside of you is what's going to come out of you. And so we, so we understand. So we, want, we, we said this. We said, you've got to be able to have faith. You've got to be able to trust God. You've got to be able to believe God if you're going to live out His will. And so I want to read to you and, and we said this. How do we grow in faith? Right? How do we grow in faith? And we said very simply, faith comes by the hearing. Hearing God's word. That's where faith you gotta it, it comes by hearing. Hanging out with the pastor is great and doing this is great. But but if you want to increase your faith if you want to grow in faith, if you want to, if you want to go to the next level, you gotta hear, you gotta read God's word. You gotta understand that, that if he did it yesterday, he's the same God that he is yesterday, today, more. M- that if he did it for Saul, he'll do it for, for you. If he did it for Peter, he'll do it for you. If he did it for you, you gotta be able to embrace that. That the same God that empowered the disciples and the apostles to do what they did is the same God who's waiting and willing to empower you to do what he's called you to do. Amen? So let's stand up so we can read Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. And I'm up here for about 40 minutes, so you can stand with me for about five. Amen. All right. We're going to read Hebrews chapter 11. If you don't got your Bibles, I'm going to read it to you. Try to focus and hear what God might want to speak to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11. It says this. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for an assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death he could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he commended the world and became here of righteousness that is in the keeping with faith. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered the faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one, one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, and for He has prepared a city for them. 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offsprings will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. 20. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith Jacob, went when he he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons in worship as he leaned on the top of his staff. 22. By faith, Joseph, when his, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him from, for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. 27. By faith, he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel, and the prophets, who, who through faith conquered kingdom, administered justice, and gave what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions quenched the fury, the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful and battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even changed and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning, they were sawed in two, they were killed by the sword, they went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them, they wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planted something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. That's more reading than a lot of Christians do in one week. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Some Christians, one month. Praise God. And, we, and I ended here, New Year's Eve, because we're talking about just do it. We're talking about faith. We're talking about obedience. And one of the things that we wanted to explain to the people of the Recovery House of Worship, that this church exists because God birthed it from his heart. That 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 as you read by faith Moses and by faith Abel by faith Sansa by faith G-, listen that, and I'm not adding to this because the Bible clearly says that whoever asks to this word shall be cursed. But but I want you to think with me. I want you to see what God is doing. Okay. By faith, Sister Liz and Pastor Edwin opened their homes in in 2001, and by faith they let drug addicts into their house to have a Bible study. By faith, they let drug addicts detox in the house, sleep in the house, rob their house. By faith, they did something that opened the door so drug addicts can experience the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ. By faith, Pastor James went and his wife into Staten Island to pass up, recover as worship in Staten Island, and drug addicts and alcoholics and prostitutes and ex-convicts and ex-gang members are getting... Experiencing the life transforming power of God over there, and stand out. by faith. Pastor Mario is planting a flag in Southern California and Recovery House of Worship, California. Is they're preaching to God by faith Sister, brother David and sister uh, uh, Sister Dottie when they seen a bunch of crazy drug addicts who just experienced a life touch of God come into this building by faith when brother Keith Bigger by faith when sister Esther when other people were leaving and running in fear by faith they standed they locked arms with these drug addicts they saw the vision they said God is able to do far greater than anything we can ask or imagine by faith we planted our flag by faith we're recovering from a fire by faith we're standing against the devil's tactics by faith Claudia and the people in the Bronx started a Bible study in the Bronx by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith it is impossible to please God without faith it is by standing on faith and trusting God and living out His word that His people are glorifying Him it is by faith it is by- even our own children sometimes think we're bugged out they didn't see the white rabbit they didn't see the white rabbit you gotta get the CD for that one They didn't see the white rabbit. We saw the white rabbit. We know what we're chasing after. We understand the rewards. We understand that we're we're passing through here. This is not our final destination. We're not planting our flag here. We have a destination. God is creating a place. He went before us. By faith. By faith, we are people that we understand that the righteous will live by faith. That we will not coward back. That we will step up and stand up and answer the call of God in our lives. We understand that God died on the cross and paid a high price, high price, so that nobody can become somebody preaching to everybody. We understand what God is doing. So by faith, and if you haven't seen the white rabbit, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're gonna stop the chase. If you ever seen the right, if you just see other dogs barking, chasing something that you don't know what's going on, it's going to get too hard for you. You've got to experience the life-transforming touch of Jesus. he got to burn His Word into your heart. he got to scar you with His goodness. So we're living by faith. And so, so God, what, what are you saying here? We want you to just answer the call of God that, that, that Moses was a murderer. He was on the run from the police. Anybody ever been on a run? Huh? Come on, somebody. I'm getting scared now. That he was on the run. He murdered somebody. He was on the run for them. For 40 years, he was on the run. That Paul the Apostle had been arrested. He knows what it's like to go through the system when it was a system. When they take you from one precinct to another precinct to another precinct. When they don't feed you. When they forget your paperwork. and they, you, they, He went through the system. And he told the judge, listen, I don't know what's going on, but I want to let you know that one day I was on the road to Damascus and Jesus Christ turned my life upside down. He wrecked me. He he told the judge. He told kings. And we need men and women to understand that, listen, wake up today. Understand that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. That not, he didn't save you and bring you here so you could chill and do whatever you think you want to do. That he saved you and he's calling you to do something great. And But you got to, you got to, listen, eh, when, when me and the pastor got called, we said, listen, what are we going to do? I didn't know the Bible. He, was me, he would get all deep on the Bible. He asked me, I, said, I don't know, bro. I don't know. Leave me alone. I don't know. I don't know. I was blind, but now I see. What do you want from me, bro? I said, I didn't know. And so, we didn't know what guys. going so listen, I can't, and then I, you think I can't talk now? Imagine back then. I'll get all crazy, I don't know what I'm saying. Ah! And people would get saved. So the praise the Lord. So, so, so what I'm saying to you, that, it, that, that when God calls you, it's, it's not about your ability. It's not about how good you can communicate, how good you can sing, how good, listen, it's about your availability. It's about, will you trust God that He can take a broken vessel like you? A good-for-nothing drug addict? Someone who's oppressed, lonely, isolated? Someone who was listen, not good for a bad example? Chasing money, property, prestige? Someone just existing and not living? That He can take you, the person sitting in your seat. He can touch you. He can transform you. He can use you to do great and mighty things. So you think about Moses, you think about Paul, you think, you know, I think about Abraham, the father of faith. Abraham, the father, all the Muslims, they they, they call Abraham the father of faith. The the Jewish nation, the Jewish people, they they call Abraham the father of faith. Christians, we look at Abraham as a father, listen, I'm talking about the father of faith. He has some character defects that he acted out on. He stumbled forward. He made some mistakes. He was married to this beautiful girl. She was bad. Yes, yeah, the Bible says she was bad. That's what the Bible says. I huh? don't read it. And she was so bad that he was scared that they would kill him to take her. And when he was traveling in his faith journey. He was, he was introduced with a, a, a crisis of faith. And he played himself. He he got scared. Yeah, the Bible says. And he told his wife, listen, tell them that you're my sister. Because you're too bad. And they're going to want to kill me to get at you. And the father of faith allowed other men to take his wife into another man's castle and so so what I'm trying what am I saying I'm saying that the man in the Bible the woman in the Bible Rahab was a prostitute hello somebody She's a pro- she said yes when she wanted to say no she chased something that wasn't there she was looking for love on her back when all she had to do was hit her knees come on somebody and, and God used these good for nothing people, these people that were twisted. They, listen, judges they relapse and relapse and relapse, and re- they they want to stop relapsing. But one day, Hallelujah! One day, the power of God fell upon them, and the relapses ended, and they began to chase after God. One day. So I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what you're going through, but you got to understand that you're saved with a purpose. That God is looking for men and women. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro looking for a man. That's right. So he's using these people. And so, so we, we're thinking about this. So you're going to say that your call. Now, we need you to have the faith to answer the call. And the faith comes by understanding that God is calling you. That God is looking for some modern day Pauls. That God is looking for, for someone to reach out to prostitutes. That God is looking for someone to reach out to the up and outers. That, that if you're a lawyer, God is looking for so you reach out to other lawyers. That if you're a plumber, God is, look, God is looking to raise up a man or a woman who's willing to answer the call of God in their lives. I said in the earlier service, God is looking to something in you and through you that has nothing to do with you. Oh, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. Wake up somebody. I said God is looking to something in you. So he's going to bless you and when he does that work in you, the, 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 the issues of the past, the hurts, the lies, the low self-esteem, the negative self-image. the God wants to do something in you. His healing power is going to do something in your life. The peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Yeah. Yeah. And the peace of God will fall and the joy of the Lord will be your. And then you can be the head and not the tail, the lender, not the borrower. And the peace of God will fill you, and he'll perform a surgery in your heart. And when that happens, he's waiting to take you to the next journey, the next step, and he's gonna do something through you. And as he fills you, he's gonna overflow out of your life into the lives of those people around you. Are you hearing me? How you, that's how we know when somebody's on fire. That's how you know. How do you know somebody's on fire? Not cause they're, hallelujah! Glory! Satan! No! I like this kid. You know when somebody's on fire? How when you know? How do you know when something's on fire? Just think about practice. How do you know when something's on fire? Why? Right? Because when it comes in contact with something else, it sets them on fire too. I sat here. Some organization came here with them. 17 people came or whatever from their employees. Right? Uh, uh, this, uh, somebody in this room won't embarrass them. But they had all their employees come here to church one day. I don't know how they did it. Under the pit. I don't care what they did. All right, but that's how you know somebody. How does you know somebody on fire when their mother walks to church when they don't pick them up? How does you know somebody on fire when their son comes? When people start wondering, "What are you doing? What's going?" When you start igniting the people around you, we understand that you are on fire. You can't fake that. People won't follow a fake. They're tired of hypocrites. When you got the faith that that moves mountains, when you trust your God, when He's doing something in you, everybody can see that God is in your life. Everybody can see. So we talked about this thing, and and, this, and listen. Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate it. I'm working out of here, Lee. I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Lee. All right, all right. So we got this thing I want to share with you, right? So what what, what is faith? Let's get to a little bit about faith. I think it's faith. Let me say faith is in Hebrew, found in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse one. This is what faith is. Okay, now faith. It's confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, that's biblical faith, okay? Biblical faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So think about, I don't know, we're talking about God's call. We're talking about God's transforming power. And realize that it's God's call, God's power. He gives us the desire and the power to do what he's called us to do. It begins and ends with God. That's why I say there's something in you and through you that has nothing to do with you, all right? You're just blessed to be one of the servants. You get to see God's glory. You get to see it, it has nothing to do with Pastor Luther communicating. It has nothing to do with Pastor Raymond's evangelism or Pastor Gus's or administrative skills. Or, it has to do with God's glory, God's power, God's grace. Nothing more, nothing less. It's all Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so, so what, you got to be able to. He gives you. He knocks on your door, and he's and he, and somebody here. He's trying to talk to somebody here. I sat in the same church with the same people, and I'm crying. And I'm all messed up. And the Lord said, well, are you okay? No, I'm not okay. I'm, he's ruining my life. I said, but what's going on with you? We just heard to say, you don't understand. And God was speaking to me, and we talked about the Rima word. Right? There's logos, which we talked about, logos, understanding, and, 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 get, and learning God's word. And there's a Rima word when God has a specific word at a specific time for a specific person. And, and and when you get the Rima word you'll never be the same when God hits you in the chest with a word with a scripture it's a rap ok so well, here's what happens now faith is confidence uh, 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 in what we hope for confidence means this not that deep it's having no uncertainty That I mean, that's no uncertainty right? people look at my kids my son uh, my daughter right? uh, my family I don't care what you see I don't care what they do on Facebook. I don't care. I know God's word. Yeah. Yeah. I, am, I have an uncertainty. I, I am totally certain without a shadow of a doubt that my kids are going to serve the Lord either by hook or by crook. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that, that, that there's an inheritance that they'll, make, they'll never be able to escape. I don't care where they go. Edwin's kids. I don't care how smart. I don't care what they do. There's nothing they're ever going to be able to do to, to run away from God's grace. Wherever they go, he's going to torment them. And so, so what I'm saying is that I am. I listen. I have absolutely. I have no uncertainty. I'm positive. I have a strong belief. I have full assurance that God said it, and it's going to come. He gave me a ream of word. So I'm just waiting. If he don't work, I might as well throw away my watch because he's not going to do it in my time. But so, so listen. I have, God has given me, not because I'm smart or spiritual, God has given me a capacity to have confidence in what I hope for. And what I hope for is the rainbow's family from this generation down to the last generation. We will be men and women who serve our God, who love our God. Like Pastor Gus said, for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And so I, I have a, I, I, I'm, listen, I have a certain confidence in that. And I don't got a confidence that comes from my manipulation, or my coercion, or what I do. I have a confidence in God, which is the problem a lot of Christians have. Right, right. See, Pastor, I didn't on this once. Hey, listen, it's not, it's not just about faith. It's not, it's not faith in faith, which people don't understand. See, a lot of Christians, even though we call ourselves Christians, we, we have, we, it's like we have another God than the God of the Bible. Right. And if you he was here Thursday, Pastor Gus was dealing with the men and talking about, we have, there's more Christian atheists than there are atheists. Yeah. Right? And there's people who call us Christians but live like the atheists. Alright? And you guys to Pastor Gus about that. Very deep. A lot of people say, oh, ah, ugh. praise the Lord. Right. 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 But, but my point is, it's not faith in faith. Right? Every, every Christian Giants fan... Knew that their God would make sure the Giants go to the playoffs this year. <laughs> they knew that they my God is able to do far beyond. And then, you know, and every Giant, they said, We're going to, every T Ball, everybody playing with T Balls, no T Balls going to make a problem. everybody, and what happened? We get the God of our convenience in the church. Right. Right. And my God will never let cancer come upon my family. And my God will never let something happen to my kids. And that's not true. That's not true. And, and the thing about this whole situation is that we got to trust and have faith and confidence and assurance in the God of the Bible. Not the God of your convenience, not the God of your manipulation. Nothing. Are you so understanding what I'm saying? And we got, when you got, now when you have confidence and assurance in Jesus Christ. See, there, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, if you ask anything in my name. Well, people don't understand, in his name also means in his will. They don't get, they totally lose them. And that's pretty common to me. When you ask for something in His name, that means that when you ask for something in His will, you understand? You can't ask for it. It says in James, don't ask according to your selfish ambitions because you're not going to get it. But you've got to What am I saying? That you can't just have faith in faith. You can't have faith in... Uh, we went to, to Connecticut yesterday. And, and, and we, we, I was blessed with a van. But the van is not running too good right now. And I, I couldn't say, in the name of Jesus, this van is going to make it. This van shuts off and don't start every place I go. So that's not wisdom. Right? Yeah, thank you. So, I'm not hating. I'm not... Alright, yeah, I need a new battery or, or whatever. It's going to be okay. But 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 if I just said, surely, if I just said, I'm just gonna have faith in this car. We're gonna get to Connecticut. We're gonna get, in the name of you know have, that's not faith in that's not faith in God. I'm testing God. God is showing me with, by, by by evidence that listen, this is not the car you want to drive to. Try you want to get in the other car, not this car. This car is no good right now, right now just for today. But we're gonna make we're gonna do some work. All right, all right. So, so, too many people, and you know what's crazy? We have faith in our flesh. We have faith in, in, in character defects, in sin. We have faith, and that stuff always breaks our heart. That stuff never works. You know how many times we've seen people justify and rationalize. No, pastor, you don't understand. My heart, my feelings, for me. You know, And we see seen the devil ravage them. It's crazy how they, more, how they have more faith in their self-centered obsession and desires than they have faith in God of the Bible. And it's important that you have faith in the God of the Bible. It's just, it's important that you get that, that you gotta trust. Hey, listen, if you're single and, and you, and you wanna be love, I wanna be loved, I just wanna be loved, why can't I just be loved? If you wanna be loved, do it God's way and you'll find a love that you never imagined possible. Trust in the Bible. I say this when I preach to young, to single people, it says in the Bible, it, it, God said, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. So, you, what are you worrying about? He got somebody for you. The problem is, you got to step away from the devil's counterfeit so you can get, get a hold of God's authentic, what he has for you. But you got to trust in the God. He said it's not good for a man to be alone. If God gave you a word, listen, God gave me a word. God gave me a word. You know, I, when, when they, in Acts, it says, You and your household shall be saved. God gave me a word. Now, some pastors say, listen, that's not a promise. That's this. That, and the SDG description give me Hebrew, Greek. No! God gave me a word! God said that my lesbian sister is going to come to know him. God said that my Catholic grandmother is going to come to know him. God said that my mother, who was into Santeria, is going to get... God told me my family is going to get saved, me and my household. And I believed them, and I trust them, and I prayed, and I acted, and I hope, and I had assurance. And one by one by one, they are serving God now. God gave me a word! So we got to have faith when God gives you a word. Listen, God told me, I didn't even want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to do this. Uh, who wants to, I want to chill. There's, you know, you what? Know, I'm not, I'm not going to be now. You know, you know how hard it is to be a pastor? You do a hundred things good for somebody, the one time you can't show up, they leave you? Come on, man. Go, bye-bye, hasta la vista. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to know. There's some people that don't want God. And you try to get them and keep them in the flesh. You got to work harder and never leave anyway. You know, be a pastor, you know, it's crazy. It's, I don't want to do this. No, they hug you, they kiss you. And I didn't know to be a pastor, to be a Christian, you got to get kissed and stabbed in the back at the same time. It don't work no other way. You got to get kissed in the cheek and stabbed in the back if you want to be a good pastor. Who wants to do that? But I have faith. I have faith in the visible realm. And I'm sorry, the old, you don't like the old pastor, but it's true. Well, you don't know what the pastors go through. You know, it's easy to see. All right, praise God. Let me just come back here, all right? Okay. All right. So so what happens is this. What happens is this, all right? Is that there's a call of God. You're called. I I don't know. You're called. If you're hearing me today, you're called. God has something for you. The problem is, are you going to trust him with the call? He wants to do something you can never imagine. Now, here's the thing. Here's the crisis that in this church, it's, it's above everything else that I could imagine. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. In this church, this is the biggest, and maybe it's in every church. But the, the problem we have, we're answering the call of God and trusting God. And, and the problem we have is, is this. And we're going to read it to you. Amen? It says this. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. And you've to say, Amen? Amen. It says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And now, now just check this out. It says, it says I got you, Liz. let me go back to it first. It says this, therefore, we are surrounded by such a great God of witnesses. Real quick, the witnesses are the guys in the Bible. Hebrew, I'm not even going to go with Pastor Edwin, even though they're here. But the guys in the Bible, you seen the, the the people that Hebrews chapter 11 talked about. we just read about all of them. Since we know what they did, and they were messed up people, they had issues and kinds of defects, and they struggled with their flesh as well. And God did all these in them and through them. Look, it says since you've been caught since you have such a great, it says everything that hinders and the sin that's so easily entangled. What, what's hindering you? What's hindering you? Are you? Do you lack commitment? What's hindering... Do you know that the Bible says in Hebrews eleven twenty five do not forsake the gathering of the saints? You can't have... Now, well, Lee, I talked about you on the... Lee, stand up, Lee, real quick. I'm embarrassing, real quick. Stand up, Lee, right? Lee, don't... It's okay. For Jesus, go like this. For Jesus, go like that. Okay. Very good. That's for Jesus, all right? You're bo- we're boasting in Christ, right? I can't look like Lee if unless I go to the gym and do what Lee does. I can't pray these calories away in the name of Jesus. I rebuke these calories from this cake. Right. So what happens is this So, so I, I, if I want to look like Lee one day I, I got to do what he I got to go to the gym three, four times a week I got to run, I got to say no to a lot of things I want to say yes to I gotta, There's things that are hindering me from looking like that And beyond looking like that God gave me a vision I want to be here 40 years to live out the vision If the devil can't get me with one sin He'll get me with something else He'll get me to kill myself we, This whole world is in trouble because someone ate Think about that so anyway, all right. Yeah, think about that for a minute. All right. Okay. So now, yeah, I got deep issues. Yeah, I think about this stuff. All right. Okay. So it says this, all right. What's hindering? Throw off. Throw it off. What's hindering you? Is, is it because some Christians got something great? God got something great for you. God brought you out of such a deep, dark place, and, and you're just not committed to him. To him. Our commitment is not to the church. It's not because we have worship. It's not passive I've led many, I've led many people here to the Lord. I personally, I said, yo, what's going on? Come here. I, this guy right here messed me up with sushi trying to lead him to the Lord. Everybody says, oh, where well, are you getting sushi? Sushi. That guy, I led him to the Lord and he led me to sushi. <laughs> uh, he said, he said, you want to go fishing? Have some fish. All right? And so, and so, you know, right? Check it out. God has something for you. I've led you to the Lord personally, but I didn't die on the cross for you. It was Jesus. Your allegiance should not be to no man. Your allegiance. Listen, why should I come to church every Sunday? Because Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. Why should I get involved in ministry? Because Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. Why should I be a member of a church? Because Jesus Christ, there's no other answer. There's nothing. Because he's so good. Love you so well because he keeps you so beautifully. You should serve him, love him, adore him, be totally devoted to him in spite of how crazy man can be in the church. And I'm not saying stay in this church. If we start preaching something other than the Bible, run for your life. Run, get out, go, fast. All right? But we're preaching the Bible here. And so God, and so it's important, what's hindering you? What's going on with you? What's blocking you? Uh, In earlier service, right, there was these warriors, right? These warriors in the Bible, and they're training, and they're training, and they're in a gym, and they're getting ready for the fight, and they're getting ready. And God says, stop everything. Throw down your, your armor. Throw down your weapons. And they're like, what do you mean? We're ready to go. Come on. And he says, no, I want you to grab some symbols, get a trumpet. I want you to worship. Instead of fight. I want you to diff- take to a new level of fighting. All right, I want you to worship, and I want you to go around seven times. And it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. What do you mean, God? We're ready to knock down this wall. The violence shall take it by force. We're ready. We've been inspired by worship music. We took every Bible study, and we're ready to go do it. And God says, no, your ways are not my ways. Put down the weapons and grab some worship symbols. And so I'm not checking out. So now they go around, and they start worshiping and worshiping. and Listen, and the walls come tumbling down. You know why some of you guys... not that deep, You know why some of you guys can't break through the walls? Because you're not worshipping. You're not worshipping. There's some walls that come down through worship. And, and check it out. I ain't got that much time to say what I said. And I, you don't got to feel like worshipping to worship God. You could just tell yourself today, we're going to worship God. I'm going to sing. I'm going to make a joyful noise to the Lord. I don't care who's see, I can't sing. But I listen, oh I adore thee. I adore thee. I wanna I I wanna leave oh uh, Jesus, I wanna be for them. I'm trying to get a you think I'm trying to sound I'm trying to get a breakthrough. You don't know the demons I'm wrestling with. I don't care what you think. I'm trying to get a breakthrough. I'm trying to worship my way out of a mess. That's why when, when Sister Gladys is around, when Sister Gladys, you don't know the price that somebody paid, the, the, the cost of their worship. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know why. You know why they're worshiping so crazy? Because they didn't think they was going to make it. And God brought them out. All right, so. So, so it says here, to, to start whatever's hindering you, take what's hindering you. What's hindering you? Take off whatever's hindering you. Get rid of it. Stop it. Take it off. It says throw it off. Don't play with it. Don't massage it. Don't... T- throw it off. And then it says this. And the sin that so easily entangles... What sin is robbing you? Listen, many Christians have double lives. You're not the only one if you're struggling with something. Alright? Remember what, what Paul said? The things I hate, this I do. The things I want to do, I can't do. Right? Remember Paul's struggle? Romans chapter 7. Right? So sometimes we struggle and sometimes we go through battles. What sin is robbing you? Is there a sin in your life? Be honest with yourself. You're not to tell them. Is there a sin in your life that's robbing you? You think nobody knows and, nobody, and maybe nobody will know. And maybe God will not expose you. But the devil will always rob you of that power that's supposed to flow in your life. And you'll never experience the presence of God like he wants you to experience because of that sin in your life. And so sometimes you won't get found out. And sometimes it goes, nobody knows. And he'll still let you sing. And he'll still let you preach sometimes. And he'll still, and let's check it out. The sin will rob you. And, and there's a saying that sin will keep you from the word of God. Or the word of God will keep you from sin. And since if there's any sin, listen, it's a new year. You don't got to tell nobody. You don't got to tell me. I'm not. Go to God. Say, God, first John one, nine. Yeah, yeah. Say, God, I confess it. I here. Mean, it's true. You know me. I don't. It doesn't matter if you fool everybody else. You can't fool God. Right. And check it out. So is there a sin in your life? Because if there's a sin, take it. This is a new year. Sin always leads to death. In James chapter one, it leads to death. It might, it might taste good, feel good. It might be wonderful now. But Boppy, sister, brother, beloved, you're going to cry. Right. You're going to cry six months from now, six years from now. The sin that you're playing with is going to destroy the very blessing that God is trying to give you. That's right. So the sin is not your friend. It feels good. It tastes good. It, it, it's out to kill you. It's setting you up as we speak. And look at that. And, and Samson, let me tell you real quick. Samson. Samson. It says I, I don't got time to say about Sam. Hebrew Said I don't got time, and Raymond don't got time to say about Samson. But well, I'm going to just give you something very. Samson messed with a couple of girls before he met the one. He messed with this girl over here, a prostitute, and he was doing his thing. Messed up. He came out and he killed people with the gates. He tore people up. He still had his power. And then he came over here and messed with some girl over here and he still had his power. But one day, he came over here and he met the one and she took his power. And I say that, say, you could get away with it over here. And you can get away with it over here. And you think that you can keep getting away with it. But there's going to come a time when your Delilah is going to show up. And I'm not talking about just lust. It says in James, every man has his own lust. It's just not sexual lust. It's money, it's property, it's prestige, it's, it's, it's all types of lust. And if you've given to your lust, it's going to lead you to death. And, and listen, you can fake it and you be, you're going to cry. You're going to cry. And the devil's going to want you to blame everybody and their mother. But you didn't stop when God was speaking to you. You still had a chance. I got to go soon. Is there any sin in your life? That you need? Listen, it don't work. Like even let's say that somebody let's say let's say brother, let's say brother, you got sin in your life. Okay, how long have you been doing this sin? How long have you been trying at this sin? How long have you been trying to get this sin to fulfill you and do things? How has it worked? How has it worked? Has it been good to you? Has it worked very well for you? Is it time to to break the vicious cycle? Is it time to just throw it all for God? It says this. We're going to go to the next verse. Amen? It says this. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of what? Faith. That's important. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Here's something. Think about it. Simple illustration. When was Peter able to walk on water? When you have, what did he do? What, what was he looking at? Jesus, right? When he had his eyes fixed on Jesus, he was able to walk on water. He was able to conquer that, which was he was. Everybody was. Just Everybody was going to kill him. When he, when he fixed his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk over his problems. He was able to walk over them. Listen, you can walk over your problems. The things that keep you up at night, the things that get you depressed, the anxiety, panic, the things that are twisting you up, You, if you fix your eyes on Jesus... Listen to me, beloved. If you fix your eyes, if you trust in the author and the perfecter of your faith, if you just get a hold of Jesus and see that he's able to touch you, he's able to mold you, he's a good father, he wants the best for you, better than you want for yourself, if you fix your eyes on Jesus, you'll be more than an overcomer, more than a conqueror. I guess my time is up. I want to I share with you that uh, God is looking to do some miraculous things in 2013. God's looking to do some crazy stuff. I want to be part of that. I want to say, God, use me. Change me. Transform Somebody said something very popular. A missionary said, you got to be real sick. He didn't say it like this. but said, so you got to be real insane. Right to grab a hold of something that you're going to lose and forfeit something that will last in eternity. So you got to be real insane that this is temporal. This is just here today God and gone tomorrow. The blessings and the promises of the Lord by trusting in Him, and Him alone. Are you with me? By your heads with me, we're going to pray. Father, I come before you. I ask you to move by your spirit in this place, oh God. Help the men and the women here, the young people understand that you're doing something special, something new, oh God. That you're knocking on the doors of hearts. If there's someone here that doesn't know you, that never accepted you, someone here that needs to come back home to you. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus all over every man and woman's life here. I pray that you'll perform a surgery on our hearts, oh God. If there's someone that's far from you, someone that doesn't know you, someone that today needs to receive and believe you, today someone needs to surrender. Today is a day of salvation. I pray that you would move upon them right now. Right now. I want to pray for two groups of people, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you hear you say, Pastor Raymond, I need to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I need to surrender my life to him. I'm a Christian. I'm not a Christian. Whoever you are, you you say this, I need to surrender. I need to surrender. I need to surrender. I need God to change me. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you all over this place. If you need to surrender to the Lord right now, just raise your hand. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Hands up all over this place. I want you to keep your hands up for a moment. Amen. I want to pray for you. Just raise your hands. Father, I pray for every man and woman who's raising their hand right now. You know their circumstances. You know their situations. You know everything that they've gone through. You know what they're going through right now. You know the battle. My God, Father, I pray that in Jesus' name, you begin to do something special, something new, something fresh, something miraculous, something powerful, something transformative, something that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, something from heaven, oh God. That your Holy Ghost power would fill them and consume them and transform them, oh God. I want everybody who's raising their hands to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, here I am. Have your way in my life. Thank you for dying on the cross. And raising on the third day. I surrender my life to you. Take control. Guide me and lead me. Show me how you want me to live. Give me the strength, the courage, and the willingness to follow after you. All the days of my life. I'll give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to pray real quick for another group of people who are going to sing this last song. If you say, Pastor Raymond. I feel like God is calling me to something. God is, God wants to do something in me and through me. I feel like God has been woeing me. I get these weird ideas of pastoring, missioning, ministering, teaching. Uh, God's doing something in me. If that's you, you say, Pastor, I know God wants to use my life. I want you to stand right where you are. Pastor Elton's gonna pray for you. Just stand right where you are.